Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast. Live from San Jose, California, I'm your co-host, Guru Ram Prakash, and along with me from Monterey, California, is my other co-host, Vikram Kant. We're here to talk about uh, the NBA training camp underway and some some things that that have been going on in the NBA uh, ever since free agency ended. So, uh, Vikram, welcome to the podcast again. Glad to have you talking basketball. Dude, it has been an awesome couple days of the preseason. I am so incredibly glad to have NBA basketball back in our lives, man. Uh, it's been such a pleasure just to watch some of these guys. Some of the games have been a little rough, but I really have enjoyed watching the new look teams, uh, a lot of the rookies, and it's just been really enjoyable for me. And so I'm, I'm happy about that. And I hope that we have a, another few days of good preseason basketball in us. I hope people can get a little bit more healthy with the COVID stuff and we can see all these players playing at, you know, their level best during this time. So it's been a lot of fun and I'm really happy to be able to talk about it with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think for the teams that did not get to play in the bubble from they, uh, they had gone 277 days uh, without playing basketball uh, up until uh, these uh, these preseason games started. So, yeah, again, it's it's refreshing to see these guys take the court, albeit in empty arenas. That's definitely a change that I've had to get used to. Uh, I don't I'm not used to seeing arenas empty. I'm not used to seeing fans, uh, you know, not screaming at the top of their lungs, uh, you know, chanting. You know, that that's a part of the NBA watching experience as well. So, yeah, when I was watching the Warriors game today, actually, I was like, where I mean, where where are the chance of defense and where's the music like where what's what's going on but like yeah it's 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 a part of the new normal that hopefully does not last very much longer with the uh, with the covid vaccine news that came out earlier today late uh, late yesterday in fact the us approving the pfizer vaccine for emergency authorization and uh, we're that much closer to these players getting these access to these vaccines and uh, uh, and also a general um, the general population as well. So uh, with that, we could see uh, fans entering the arenas in, in the upcoming future, future, and that is really well, what I'm looking forward to, Vikram. So uh, obviously great to see players playing basketball, uh, and it's great to see uh, the NBA in the news again, obviously, with the draft and free agency. And now starting training camp, we get to see all these players join their, uh, join their teams, uh, and some players are joining their new teams and working out for what amounts to be a 20-day uh, preseason and training camp schedule with the NBA season uh, starting on December 22nd. So, uh, Vikram, with some of the topics that have been going on uh, in and around the NBA uh, revolve around a, a certain player on the Houston Rockets, and that player is James Harden. So it is well documented that James Harden uh, has requested for a trade from Houston uh, after uh, not being satisfied with the direction of the franchise, uh, the Rockets have uh, pushed back on that a little bit, saying that they're only going to trade Harden if the if the offer is good enough for to trade uh, to trade him for, and they're they're not going to be you know sucked into an offer just because of the pressure that is on them. Uh, they can take their time. They are being uh, being very very patient with the process. And in that process, uh, we see James Harden um, doing some of his own antics in order to force a trade sooner rather than later, uh, namely, uh, obviously not being in training camp on time, 
with a couple of new teammates that would love to work with him, but also uh, spending uh, spending his uh, time not in training camp by doing uh, activities that are not on par with COVID protocol, namely um, going to little baby's birthday party and also going to uh, a strip club. Uh, definitely does not uh, fall uh, does fall in agreement with the COVID protocol rules that the NBA has put in place for this season. And hence, even though James Harden joined the, the Rockets uh, training camp in recent days, he will not be able to work out with the Rockets until he registers, I think it's five consecutive positive tests. Six. So six. So it's six consecutive positive tests. And, uh, and really, he's putting his, uh, obviously he's putting his entire team in a bind and apparently that, that is his entire goal, uh, right? So uh, with all that has transpired with James Harden, Vikram, what is your opinion on the entire situation? Should the Rockets give into his trade demands? And um, where do you see uh, this James Harden saga going into the future? So I will start with, I genuinely think this is awful for the league. And actually, I think it's bad for the players too. Here's why. Player empowerment sounds really good. But the more respon- more power you have, the more responsibility you have as players too. And if you openly flout the like flout the authority that the league has, that the league office has, that front offices have, you're going to be in trouble because at the end of the day, your skill is putting a ball in a basket, and the people that are paying your bills are team owners. And so there's a fine balance here, and I think somebody like James Harden is taking it to a a very, very bad extreme. I just think that players need to be careful to keep their gains. And if they want to advance their gains as far as player power, they need to be smart about how they do things. What James Harden is doing is going to lead, in my opinion, to a negative reaction in the next CBA to prevent players from doing the kind of crap that he's trying to pull right now. Because this is embarrassing, honestly, uh, for a franchise to have to deal with this and for a star player to be acting like this. I mean, we wouldn't expect... We wouldn't let anybody else do this. This is a job, right? Like being an NBA player is hard. And anybody who says that it's not is, is out of their mind. But the idea that you think so little of your profession that not only do you endanger yourself, but you endanger your teammates. Uh, you're supposed to be somewhere. You're not. Instead, you're blowing it off to go to three different cities to do who knows what. I mean, it's, it's a bad look for James Harden. It's a bad look for the NBA. And it's a bad look for the Houston Rockets. But – that being said, I absolutely don't think the Houston Rockets should bow down to his sort of intimidation. He has another two years left on his contract plus a player option. Now, if he doesn't want to take that player option, you can let him walk then. But I think one of these teams is going to have to put a star player in a position that they don't want to be. And if James Harden doesn't show up, he doesn't get paid. It's that simple to me. But these teams have to hold these players accountable. They can't just and I think the Houston Rockets are trying to do this. They're not trying to – they don't want to trade, like you said, they don't want to trade James Harden for any offer. They want to trade him for the right offer. And they should continue to hold him until they get that right offer. And I think that's what it's got to be because this is getting kind of ridiculous. And I think that he's doing other players a real disservice by acting in this manner. Yeah, I, I absolutely 100% agree with you. It's – it's one thing for a player to be on the final year of their contract or approaching the final year of their contract and telling the other team that they're not going to resign, 
right? And and the team making a decision based on that, right? We've seen we've seen player empowerment in the sense of a player becomes a free agent and goes to another team. LeBron, Absolutely. Yeah, LeBron has done this. KD has done this. Um, and, 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 you know, th- that is the kind of type of player empowerment that is acceptable. Players become free agents. They're allowed to go to another team. You know, uh, I, the, the media can, I mean, cr- the media can criticize them uh, uh, all, they, all they want. But at the end of the day, it's their right. And I've been 100% in support of that right, you know, ever uh-huh. since I've seen free agency come about. But, it, I mean, we've seen this grow into something that's a, a little more uglier than just a player getting into free agency, right? We, we have seen um, players, for lack of a better word, we've seen players force other, uh, other teams' hands, right? Starting with Anthony Davis um, la- la- uh, last year uh, coming out before the trade deadline. I believe Rich Paul did this, actually, and saying that a- Anthony J- they, he wanted Anthony Davis to be traded out of New Orleans at the trade deadline, uh, even though he had one more year left on his contract after that season. And now we got James Harden, who is three years into a Supermax, as you had stated, and has two more years left on that Supermax contract that the Houston Rockets gave to him. And he wants out of Houston, but instead of, you know, communicating that with the front office, I think he has communicated that with the front office. But uh, in addition to communicating that with the front office, is is putting on um, a a bad, like bad behavior and is not acting appropriately. And and because of that, players might lose their rights to uh, to do the actual things that fall under actual player empowerment. Exactly. Forward. And you that's, know, that's I, the exact I think, problem. I think you shed light over all, over all of that. And uh, should the Rockets give, give in to James Harden? No, absolutely not. And it's, 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 it's not right what James Harden is doing. And, and the Rockets should wait it out until they, they have the absolute best offer. Now, uh, you go back to that Jimmy Butler situation that happened with Minnesota last year. Again, Jimmy Butler was on the last year of his contract, and uh, and obviously he made things very uncomfortable in Minnesota. Uh, when would that start to happen with Houston, Vikram? I mean, I don't think it, it will get all that uncomfortable or that uncomfortable for James Harden. I think James Harden has to look at himself and look at his career in the mirror right now. Uh, I think at this point, James Harden's legacy is in serious danger. He, like, we got to think about it from his point of view, right? So let's say, actually, let me go back one step because you brought up one case that I want to contrast a little bit with this. And that was the case with Anthony Davis. Because I don't necessarily agree his case is remotely similar to this. The reason why is because Anthony Davis, as much as I did not necessarily like the public trade request, the Rich Paul angle on this, the I only want to go to the Lakers type of angle on this, what I did appreciate is when Anthony Davis was put in a game, he balled out. He showed up to work every day. He was still professional. The fact that that, uh, New Orleans shut him down so he would get injured and lose trade value is one thing. But when he played, he was still a 20 and 10 player. And that's still, you still have to show up to work, even if it's advantageous for your team to trade you. I think that's different than what James Harden's doing, which is a clear flouting, not just of the Houston Rockets protocols, but of the NBA protocols. That's to me is, is a real, real black mark on his legacy and his record. Right now, the other thing for me is he's getting up there in age, right? If the Houston Rockets just hold him, what's he going to do? He can't really do anything. He signed a contract. He has to show up. I mean, he can certainly not show up and lose money doing that. And, 
have the NBA take action on him doing that. So like, that's definitely possible, but I don't think that's very smart for him. And then secondarily, you know, let's say he doesn't want to play that hard. You know, that's hurting his legacy. That's hurting his records. That's hurting his career. I mean, if he wants to do that, that's up to him, but I, I don't feel like that's what he's going to try to do. So it's really interesting. I don't think that, I think the media writ large has given James Harden kind of like this aura of power in the situation. But like realistically, he has absolutely no leverage. Yeah, and it's this is the first time you've seen uh, a, a player uh, under that sort of a contract with uh, that many years left on his contract. We pretty much request a trade and try to force a trade in the in, in the middle of his contract. And the fact is that this is a contract. This is like any any contract that any individual signs with any other entity, right? Exactly. You are under a contract. You have to follow the rules of the contract, and the rules of the contract saying. Say that you have to show up to training camp. You have to show up to practice. You have to show up to games. You have to uh, go in front of the media and have media appearances. You you cannot miss games or practices for for no reason at all. Uh, you you cannot uh, you, you cannot do have conduct that's detrimental to the team. Uh, for, and I mean that's obviously putting it very generally, right? But that's really what the Houston Rockets can do in this situation. If if James Harden wants to make sure that things get out of hand, well. The, the Rockets can, you know, suspend him for conduct detrimental to the team. And they don't have to pay. They can suspend him without pay. That's well within their rights. It's well within their contract. And it, and it might seem like a dick move to in, in, the, in the media landscape of things. But, you know, the Houston Rockets can do that. And, you know, if it does come to that, I think they should do that. I would support it, quite frankly. Yeah, I'm not sure. So... My only thing with that is I actually don't necessarily have a problem with uh, the actual idea of having them suspended. I just think it wouldn't look so great for Houston either. So, and I'm, I'm very sensitive to that angle of this actually. So, I mean, I think that's the only thing I would say with uh, response to that, uh, with them suspending him. I think it might look worse for them. Uh, I will say, I know we're not really talking about it right now, but I was like genuinely super impressed with uh, what John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins looked like in their in their last game. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you watched any of the Rockets preseason game, but I thought they looked pretty good. And I'm really happy to see John Wall look healthy uh, for the first time in a long time. So I, I did watch the highlights and I'm really, really happy to see John Wall like healthy <laughs> and, you know, driving to the basket and finishing off a layup. That's, I mean, for, for a guy that's come off the injuries that he has, it's a huge deal. And Absolutely, it's, it's a shame man. that James Harden is distracting from that, quite frankly. I know. And I like, I really want to see what this team looks like with James Harden. But, you know, if he wants to act like a petulant child, frankly, I mean, he's acting like a teenager that's doing stuff on the side, right? Like, it's kind of, like I said, it's really kind of embarrassing. I don't know how else to put it. And that's just. Uh, so, so do, do you think, do you think he gets traded before the deadline? No. Oh, uh, well, before the trade deadline, maybe. Before the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. I just, I'm not sure who the team is that trades for him. Like he's uh, not a great fit on a lot of teams. Like, that's the one thing with James Harden is he's really, you know, he, he is this amazing offense unto himself, right? And I don't think anybody doubts that at all. 
I think the thing that's an issue for James Harden is because of the way that he plays and his specific strengths and weaknesses, there's a lot of teams his skill set doesn't really align with, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, for example, he has the he has the Bucks on his list. There's no way the Bucks can actually sign him now, with especially with the, the way that Drew Holiday trade worked. That's not really going to happen that way. You know, he's got the L.A. teams on his list. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I don't think any of the L.A. teams, especially with the Paul George extension, I don't think either of the L.A. teams are looking to sign James Harden. So that's a no-go for him. I mean, Philly seems like it would be a logical destination that could actually use his brand of shot creation and has the requisite defense to overcome his specific weaknesses. So that seems to me to be like the most logical landing spot for him. But the Daryl Morey angle and the Tillman Fertitta angle kind of puts that in doubt for me. Plus, I don't know that Philly wants to trade Ben Simmons for him right now. Uh, I don't think Especially the way – I mean, like, let's be honest. The, what he's, the way he's behaving now is not making people more likely to want to sign him. Absolutely right? It's like – uh, unless unless you're a team that's like in cahoots with with him, Ben. I mean, and I and we we don't know we don't know that team. So I mean, like it's it, 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 yeah, it seems something that's completely completely out of the ordinary. Obviously, you just listed off the teams that are supposedly on James Harden's list, uh, and the teams that have been reported in the media the most are the Nets and and, and the Sixers. Uh, what I've been hearing is that. Uh, the really the first domino that they want to see fall, they meaning uh, the, the teams in the NBA want to see fall, is Giannis and and the, and and his contract situation. And if if they do get clarity on his contract situation, then uh, that will tell teams whether they want to go uh, all in on a hardened trade or not. So I mean that that also makes sense from from from, from that angle as well. And we'll talk about Giannis uh, later on in the show. But but yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I think that's fair for sure. Yeah. So the one, the last James Harden rumor that I found like particularly interesting was the James Harden to the Warriors rumor, which is uh, actually I, I, somewhat interesting. I don't think it would actually happen, but from a basketball perspective, I don't think it's like actually the worst idea in the world. It, 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 and I, I heard that and I threw up in my mouth a little, but not because it's the worst idea in the world, just because, you know, there are, there are very few players in the nba actually yeah very very few players in the nba who i actually hate there are a lot of players i despise <laughs> but i respect and, and, but and for for reasons that you know uh, have uh, been said on previous ballistic podcast episodes in the past uh, i don't like james harden and a lot of warriors fans don't like james harden we have a history with james harden and if that trade ever ever happened, I would stop to pause for like an hour before you know giving my actual basketball opinion on it. But uh, and, but anyways, and what, what the thing with that rumor was that 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 was when that was before the Clay Thompson injury, and apparently that talk died down once Clay Thompson got hurt. But but yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting if uh, the Warriors ever opened up that that discussion again. Uh, eh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, want to talk. They about got a package. Them. They got a package. They have the they have package and they have the money. Yeah, and the money, the money, the money in the sense that they they have the they have the contracts to match. The, the Absolutely, team. man. They got you know Wiggins, Minnesota pick next year, and of course, they, they could always uh, they could always put in Wiseman and their future picks. Like, there's a real 
there's a real chance this could happen, man. I don't think we should we should uh, over like I don't think we should underestimate that fact, man. I think it's entirely yeah, possible. Uh, my my dad my my dad is outside and he just said I A O. If you know Tamil, you know what that means. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely see. Uh, yeah, that is actually a very uh, a very uh, distinct possibility, I would say. Um, so with that, let's move on to other news that have had that has happened in the NBA, or rather, a person who does not want to make any news, and, and that is uh, Kyrie Irving. So, um, as part of uh, the NBA's return to training camp, it is also the first time that uh, the media is going to be able to talk with the players ever since the the bubble ended. And uh, one of those players that the media has been looking forward to talking to is Kyrie Irving since he has not talked with the media since since, uh, uh, since his injury late last season and he did not play during the bubble and hence he did not have any media obligations. So uh, coming into this season, we're looking forward to talking with Kyrie and how his partnership with Kevin Durant would take place with the Brooklyn Nets. However, Kyrie Irving has decided to take a different turn with uh, everything that, I mean, with, with his dealings with the media, which have been contentious, to say the least, over the past couple of years. Uh, he has decided to hire a media firm uh, to um, speak on his behalf. And he has a professional spokeswoman who sends out emails to media members with statements supposedly from Kyrie Irving. And the NBA stepped in after a couple of days of these uh, so-called statements and ended up finding Kyrie Irving saying that that, has not, that is not requisite um, enough to be able to say that you are uh, making your uh, scheduled media appearances. So with, with that, and uh, obviously this is not the first time Kyrie has done something weird. And he has a history of, of doing this. And uh, obviously he has called the media pawns through all of this after receiving the fine and Kevin Love and came out and uh, disagreed with that take, to put it lightly. And uh, this is uh, just another episode in the saga of the media versus Kyrie or Kyrie, Kyrie versus the world, whatever he wants to make it. And uh, it could end up being a, a distraction for the Brooklyn Nets if he's not careful. So given all of this, uh, Vikram, your thoughts on the situation and your thoughts with the players' relationship with the media and how it helps the NBA and how the NBA helps the media. Dude, this is the thing that it kills me the most about this. You got to realize if you're a player, once again, that your bills are paid for by people watching the sport and that you need to have interest generated about the sport. The media facilitates that happening. And I, think, I just think people really need to start getting this idea. Like They have to understand where the money is coming from and how interest is driven. The media does that. So it's in your best interest as the player, seriously, to make to generate as much interest as you can as possible. And that's what the media is there for. Like in this in the context of Kyrie Irving, first of all, you you brought it up earlier. This is his part of his job. Like he actually needs to make media appearances. And just saying, hey, I am gonna hire a public uh, public relations firm to essentially prevent me from having to do my media appearances because I want to send emails instead because somehow I feel like the media misconstrues my words. And we'll talk about that a little bit more here. But uh, I just don't think that this is like realistic in any way, shape or form. I just, I don't think it's a good look for Kyrie. I think it's one of his dumber ideas actually. 
insofar as preventing to actually accomplish the goal that he wants. If he wants to accomplish that goal, there's a much easier way, which is just to give very basic responses like both teams played really hard. You know, Rashid Wallace it, right? Like it's not that complicated. All you have to do is say, yeah, we worked hard tonight. You know, sports cliches. All he needs to do is show up. It's not like they can control what you say, but he creates more news by doing this in this way. And I don't know if that's his intent, but certainly he has raised more media attention with his behavior than he would have if he had just shown up and said, I'm really excited to be playing with KD this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's inexcusable in that, in that sense as well, because, because listen, most of what Kyrie's relationship with the media has manifested into is on Kyrie. For, for, for example, uh, obviously I'm not going to get into the flat earth thing. You know, that, that was a joke from the start. We never, no one ever, ever took that seriously. So uh, getting, getting past that, he, uh, and he, and he also said that um, Christmas w- was not a holiday, which is fine. I mean, that's every, that everybody's own opinion there. I don't, uh, I don't, you know, have anything against a player having an opinion on, on a topic. That's not what this is about. But then uh, it all started in his final year in Boston when he came out on media day and said he planned to resign here. <laughs> and 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 when he did that, like he sort of lost all of his contract leverage. I look, I and, and that I, I don't know what he was thinking when he did that, because then he came out in the middle of the season, uh, and when uh, the media is asking him, uh, what, "What what are we going to do about your contract situation?" He said, "Ask me on July 1st, which is like the total like 180 degree opposite of that. And then you start to wonder where this guy's mind is, and he he starts to you know um, not. Uh, not, not. Uh, I mean, to, to speak badly about his Boston teammates while he's on the Celtics, not really acting like a professional. And this obviously all leads to him leaving Boston for Brooklyn when he became a free agent, and that's in his rights again. But, uh, but then now he accuses the media of twisting all of his words. Apparently, after he says all of these, all of these weird things, and he. Um, apparently through a temper tantrum uh, when the Nets were in China. And, and we, we see this again and again and again with Kyrie. It's, it's a pattern of behavior is what I'm trying to say. And just, and just because the, 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 the media is reporting on what you're saying doesn't mean that the media is twisting your words. Does the media embellish things from time to time? Yes, they do. <laughs> and does Kyrie have the right to, you know, um, speak out against the media when they embellish stories and he feels he needs to speak out against it? Yes, he does. He does have the opportunity to respond. But you can't respond to what, what the media is saying if you're talking through a spokesperson. And if, if, if the media has to assume what you're thinking at any given point in time, well, they're going to do that. <laughs> the, the media is no stranger to you know, speculating on what other people are thinking. And now you're giving the media all the power, and you, what you're doing is backfiring on you, uh, Vikram. Any added thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so it's tough, right? Like, I on one hand, I am sympathetic to NBA players or like sports athletes in general who get asked, like, "What are you planning on doing here?" And frankly, I do think it puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage because it's almost a doomed if you do, doomed if you don't situation, right? Like, right. I almost feel like the way that the and, and so this is where I. I am kind of on 
not necessarily Kyrie Irving's side, but just in general, the, the player side, which is just that you have very few options when it comes to some of the free agency type of conversation. Because if you say, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy here, then it's like, well, when you leave, hey, you're a traitor, you lied. Uh, if it's if you didn't say that and you said, yeah, I'm going to keep my options open, you're a traitor, you're going to leave our city. You know, it, it's just not construed particularly well. So in that respect, I do feel a great deal of sympathy uh, to the players. That being said, what Kyrie Irving has done is, is just, you also can't make such a hoopla of it. Like, I do think that it would be perfectly appropriate for an NBA player to be like, you know, I really enjoy playing for this team, and I don't know what the future will hold. Uh, at the end of the day, this is a business, and I have to do what's right for me and my family. Like, I think that there's there's a lot of things where I think there are more tactful answers that can be given that would, or like I was saying before, more basic or cliche answers that could be given that would be more effective in accomplishing a lot of players' goals. And as much as I, I agree, it just, it genuinely sucks that players have to deal with that. But, you know, they're getting paid millions of dollars to do that. And I, I don't think it's as hard as people would have you believe. So I think that's where my head kind of comes down on this media thing. As far as like what Kyrie Irving is specifically saying, I think he's out of his mind on this one. Like this is completely back going to backfire on him. And this behavior, again, is just like anytime you're in violation of your contract for something, I just don't think it's that smart to do. And it's just – and it's – again, it's not even effective in, in accomplishing what he's trying to do which is to limit his number of interactions with the media. Let's be honest here. This year is just like best time to avoid interactions with the media, right? Because of COVID, it's not like he has to be in, like the media is not going to be there as, as much. So like this year is not the year I would take this type of stand for. So it just overall makes very little sense. And I, I, I mean, I know we beat this to death in a couple of our podcast episodes, but I just wanted I just wanted to state it again again the NBA helps the media the media helps the NBA the media has signed the TV contracts with the NBA that make the salary cap what it is today so that exactly. Kyrie Irving can sign the max contract that he has today if the media has was not never involved with the NBA if you and I are not doing this podcast I, I'm I'm not saying like we're on uh, we're paying the NBA to do this. If, uh, if, if, if we, we're not watching the NBA and consuming it in a, in a, at a high level and others are, are, are not producing content, uh, content related to the NBA and the NBA is not on TV because of that and, um, and, and the players are, are not, uh, there are not that many teams in the NBA because of that and the max contract is like $1 million, which is 36, or, I mean, like $50 million, right? I, that's... And that's make that makes a big difference, right? And and Kyrie should uh, like it, it. It's not hard to to deduce that the media has ha, presence in the NBA has helped the NBA grow into the league that it is, and help the players achieve levels of of wealth and uh, and uh, um, uh, visibility that they would not have been able to achieve if, the, if it wasn't for the media. Like Absolutely. so, the the idea that Kyrie says, "Oh, I can go on Instagram and and do what I want to." And the media is not involved with that. Well, the reason why you have followers on Instagram is because you're on TV every night and you're an all-star and, and you're um, and, and you're playing a game, which we all love to watch. Exactly. Right? 
and it, it it basically does come down to that. So I understand if Kyrie does not like dealing with the media, I would venture off to say that like I think a lot of players don't like dealing with the media. I would say a pretty high percentage of them, but they they have to do what they have to do, and 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 it's for the, for the betterment of them. It's for the betterment of the NBA, the league in general, and. It, Again, like if you if you're if you're not cognizant of that, if you're blind to that, then I don't know what else to say to you. So that's that's really my take on the entire thing, uh, Bikram. Uh, any last words before we move on? No, I think I'm good, dude. All right. Okay. So so let's move on. So um, Giannis and Tedekumpo, and uh, obviously this has been the topic of the discussion for for Giannis ever since the, the day after he signed his second contract with. The, with the Bucks, really. And obviously it all comes to a head right now as uh, Giannis is uh, supposedly a year away from becoming a free agent unless he signs his Supermax contract in nine days. Again, the deadline for Giannis to sign his Supermax is December 21st. And uh, something really interesting happened in, in, in training camp. Uh, uh, sorry, Bikram. So, <laughs> so uh, for his birthday, uh, a bunch of players decided to gift him a pen for his birthday and he, and he got about uh, 15 pens uh, in his locker room from, uh, from all, all the players. And he says that he was at first confused about it, but then, uh, then he realized it was all about the contract. And uh, it's very apparent that every, everyone on the team wants Giannis to sign this, uh, the super max contract with the Milwaukee bucks and put his free agency to bed. Right. And, uh, and, and obviously this, the story has, um, has taken over the media ever ever since the start of free agency has ended. Will Giannis sign his Supermax before the deadline? And when Giannis was approached with the question about his Supermax contract, uh, he said that it's not up to me. It's up to the GM John Horst and, and, his, and his agent. And um, he'll leave it at that. He'll leave it between those two parties. And he's just there to play basketball. But, however, looking at this particular situation, it would seem to be that this is one of his agent's uh, easier jobs or easier clients that he has to deal with. And the question basically rolls around Giannis. The Bucks are offering a Supermax contract. Is it a yes or a no? And in that case, it is in Giannis's hands. So out of this, a logical man would deduce that one of two things are happening here. Number one, the Bucks are not offering the Supermax, which I find very hard to believe. Or two, Giannis does not want to sign the Supermax and wants to become a free agent during the next offseason. And logic, further logic would deduce that it is probably the latter more than the former. So, Vikram, your thoughts on this entire situation? I know you have strong opinions, so just let it out there. I think it would be unwise for Giannis to sign right now. Why? Like, I, I just don't, I don't see why. I don't really understand why he would sign at the moment. Maybe this is a crazy take for people, but I don't necessarily think it's in his best interest to sign at the moment. I mean, there's nothing stopping him from getting the Supermax again at the end of next season. And he would have further flexibility to sign then. Like, yeah, does it suck for the Bucks? Absolutely. But then again, if the Bucks 
do a better job with uh, Bogdanovich, maybe he does sign the Supermax. I don't know. Now, it is a fair point to say that if Bogdanovich is what makes you sign the Supermax, you didn't really want to be there in the first place. I buy that as a thing. But, I mean, I'm not really sure what about Milwaukee would make him want to stay at this point. I think they've mismanaged so many different things. Uh, I don't necessarily feel particularly sympathetic to Milwaukee based on some of the cap things that they've screwed up. So, I mean, I think you get what you like. For example, by not re-signing Malcolm Brogdon, you've put yourself in this position. So, like, I don't necessarily feel all that much sympathy for the Bucks uh, in this particular instance. You mismanage your cap situation. If you do all of that, why do you expect Giannis to stick around? Why wouldn't he go to a better run organization that can pay him close to the same amount of money? Just questions that I have. I don't know. I, like, I don't understand why it would be advantageous for Giannis to sign the Supermax now, especially given the example of Kevin Durant, who had you know, basically the worst injury you possibly can, right? And is still going to be paid his maximum salary. So, so, so I, I, so I, so I, I agree. I, I agree with your take there that why, with with regards to Giannis, why, why he shouldn't sign the supermax now, and he would get the same exact supermax contract next year with other options to go to to go to other other teams. So basically, next year he has more options open to him. I, I could completely agree with you with that. Um, uh, I just want to ask you this question though, and this is like a curiosity question for for me and how how and what, what what's in your mind. Um, do you think the distraction of Giannis uh, being a free agent next year holds any weight towards uh, him signing the Supermax now versus signing the Supermax next year? And if he's not going to sign the Supermax now, why won't he just announce it uh, right right then and there or right right now even? so that we can put this behind us and just look forward to the season. Just like, just, I want to hear your take on that. Uh, He may not have made the official decision for himself yet. You know, like, I think that's the one thing, you know, I, while I agree with you generally, I think that there's a part of me that just thinks that he's avoiding the situation, right? Like it is kind of hard to say, yeah, I'm not going to sign the super max. And he does have some more time to do that. So like, I'll give you another example of a player in a similar situation that's not really getting any uh, any play right now. It's Steph Curry, right? He's eligible for a Supermax extension at the moment, and he's not, you know, we haven't heard very much about it, mostly because this Giannis thing is, is in the news, but he has up until the start of the season uh, to come to an agreement with the Warriors on that as well. So, I mean, you know, there's more to these types of stories than first meet the eye. And again, if he doesn't have to do it, and he's got a couple more days to do it. I mean, I don't know why he would rush that. Like, I understand we may feel it's a distraction, but it's up to him, you know? Maybe that may not be a satisfactory answer, but, like, ultimately it's just he doesn't want to. So nobody else is going to make him. And, and, and I, I agree I agree with that. I just, like, I, just, I, I think it varies from player to player, really. Uh, does a player value security... And you know, there's a player uh, like there's a player like to be in the franchise that, he, that he's at when he is uh, eligible to to sign that sign the supermax contract. 
And and, and I think if, if all of that came together for, for Giannis in one neat, neat little package, uh, he he would probably he would probably do so. But like the thing is that like he knows that teams are putting together some tantalizing offers for him outside of this. And you know, he knows that he's a well known commodity. And that is not going to change in, in one year. Right? So he's gonna have his options open next year to do to do what he wants to do. And I think it's just better to keep your options open than than close everything and 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 um, and, and, and you know uh, when you don't have to. Right. It's it's one it's one of those th- it's one of those things where, you know, you'd rather keep your options open than, than close the book on everything else, especially with the way that the Bucks have sort of, like you said, mismanaged the cap, uh, mismanaged their assets, ha- have not uh, have not done very well in the, in the front. He probably wants to give it give it another year to see what what, what happens there. And, 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 you know, that's, that's really up to him. And, you know, if he wants to add another year to the evaluation, if Drew Holiday was really the piece that was in between the Bucks and a championship and they get that championship, I'm sure Giannis will sign the Supermax then. But until then, it, it's, uh, you know, um, it, it, this, the Bucks still have to prove themselves in, in, in that respect. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say the one thing here that I think is, like, really valuable to say is, I do genuinely think Giannis is different than most superstars are in the league. And I think that's a a good observation that people have made. And I do think that like, to be a hundred percent honest, I think Giannis would prefer to stay in Milwaukee if at all possible. I actually think it's amazing that Milwaukee is even in the sweepstakes given some of the mistakes that they've made. So, I mean, that part to me is crazy. I think they should think they're lucky stars that they're still even in the running for this. Frankly, I mean, and I think that Giannis has lots of options uh, with so, better run franchises. So, so do you do you really think that nine days is enough for a person to change his mind on a supermax deal and a deal that that big and that impactful? I mean, why not? Like, really, like, what, what is your, like, why don't you think nine days is enough? I've seen people change their know. minds in minutes or, or seconds even. So it just kind of depends, you know? Like, if he, again, there, it might be a specific instance, one specific interaction that changes his mind. Who knows? But really, we don't know is, is the problem, right? Like, it could be that. It could be that he doesn't change his mind or that the opposite happens and he changes his mind specifically to say, I'm never going to sign the Supermax. We don't really know. I think it's most likely and just kind of the smartest for him to play the season out. You know, like you talked about it yourself saying, hey, he's got to, like they have an opportunity to prove themselves for the rest of the season. If they do, great. Uh, If they don't, well, Giannis will find greener pastures and the New Orleans Pelicans benefit greatly from having all of the Bucks unprotected picks. Maybe that's me. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Maybe, maybe, probably too soon. But, but yeah, it's 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 never too early to to start thinking to start digging down down the road in that in that respect. Did you see the video that the Toronto Raptors put out recently? Uh, which one? So okay, so the, the Toronto Raptors are releasing a documentary. I forgot the name of the documentary, but it, it's really like how the Raptors built up their championship level team 
And really, it's, it starts off with uh, Masai Ujiri in, in his first year as, uh, as GM, or I think he started off as uh, president of basketball ops for, for, for the Raptors, right? So it was his first year as GM. And, and this video, it's, it's, sort of like it, this, it's sort of like this movie setting because they have music in the background. And it's the video of Masai Ujiri trying to trade up for Giannis in the draft. And he's he's on the phone. He's on the phone with Minnesota at pick number thirteen, or and he, I think he's on the phone with Sacramento at pick number eleven, trying to trade up for for Giannis. And it, the thing is that the timing of the release of that clip is is so interesting because Toronto is supposed to be one of the players for Giannis Antetokounmpo next year, and maybe the thing is that. They they know something that we don't, and they probably know that Giannis's mindset is not to sign the supermax, and and they know hey we're we're up for business. Let's show Giannis how much we love him, and they released this clip of, of Masai Ujiri trying to trade up for Giannis. It's really 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 interesting. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's it's sort of a precursor to the actual documentary that's supposed to come out. But uh, yeah, they they chose to release that one. Uh, that that one clip of uh, Toronto trying to trade up for Giannis in the draft room that year in 2013. I'm not surprised. Like, frankly, why? This is another one of these, like, why wouldn't you start this psychological campaign to try to influence Giannis into your direction, right? Like, I'm surprised every team isn't trying to do this type of thing. And I'm sure behind the scenes, they are trying to do this type of thing. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'm just not really surprised by this i'm not surprised by any of this actually so so there's a part of Giannis. i mean there's a part of Giannis's personality and this is what i was sort of alluding to with my previous question there's a part of Giannis's personality want to save the bucks from that sort of distraction that is inevitable at this point or did he say you, you know what uh, like you guys have to prove yourselves just like everybody every other team does so you know yeah. well i mean i think it's like I'm sure his his actual preference would be to have as little drama as possible because he just wants to hoop. Right. So from that perspective, I think that's true. But again, it comes down to this is his life, right? Like if the franchise isn't doing right by him, it's not his responsibility to make their lives easier. If anything, they need to do a better job of making their own lives easier. So I just I don't really think like I think part of that's a consideration like he doesn't want to inconvenience the Bucks I don't think, but at the same time he's certainly not going to put their interests above his own, particularly when they haven't seemed to have done that before right based on some of their decision making. So I think it's fair turnabout frankly. Very valid point. That's very. I bet. <laughs> And so let me let me make one bigger, broader sure. point, which is just in general, the NBA treats play or like ownership treat players like assets. We call them assets. They're human beings. Yep. It's probably really crappy to get traded in the middle of the year and have to go from I don't know, let's say L.A. to Cleveland, like uh, a Jordan Clarkson had to at one point. Right. Larry right. Yeah. It probably kind of sucks to do that when you have a family when you have to uproot your entire life and find a new place to live and do all of this there's real human tolls with this stuff 
and ownerships and ownership groups and teams do this regularly. That's the NBA. That's part of a business. I think it's kind of dumb to think that players shouldn't take teams in that respect as well. If you want to treat them like assets, they'll treat you like people who have assets, not like people that are due loyalty to, right? Like, I just want people to understand this, particularly, you know, people who listen to this podcast and other podcasts. We know we have our favorite players. And I know that there are several times where I've been like, man, they should just trade for these, for this guy or these people. Uh, They should trade this guy off the team. There are real human consequences to this stuff. And ultimately, we have to understand that that's the reason why sometimes players make decisions. They understand it's a business. And so should we. And so should owners. I think that's what this ends up being. And what you just stated, Vikram, is that is true player empowerment. That is true player empowerment. Not what James Harden is doing right now. This, what you just stated, is true player empowerment. And, And what it is is that Whatever you can do as a team and, and treating me like an asset, I can also treat you like, you know, just another company and move to an, a different company w- without having to receive the flack or, you know, uh, or the um, this sort of backlash from the older company and their fans. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly the point ultimately is, Every team is a company that could give you a contract. And I think it's that actually that's really simple for us, right? From the way we think about this. But I honestly think that overall, this is what it's going to be for a lot of these players coming up and uh, coming up in the future. And again, what player empowerment really means is giving players an equal footing with ownership in the teams. That's what player empowerment is really about. And ultimately, I think most deals should be weighted in favor of the players because ultimately they're the ones that are actually putting on the product, right? That being said, if you want a certain set of rights and a certain set of privileges, you also have to give a little bit. And behavior that James Harden is exhibiting, some of the types of things that Kyrie Irving is doing, some of the things that Kevin Durant has done with regards to the media are just not what I would consider to be advisable if what you're trying to do is maximize your profits and maximize the impact that you can have. And I only point to somebody like LeBron James, who I think has made some missteps, you know, the decision and stuff like that. But by and large, I, I truly believe has walked this line the best of any athlete of this generation uh, in being able to really elevate the message that he wants out there and has really been able to do some tremendous things for uh, not just for the NBA writ large, but communities that he finds important. And one of the things that I I really admire about Kyrie Irving and many people may not realize is the amount of philanthropic work that he does is actually kind of remarkable. And he was on a podcast about and talking about that, but he said a few other things that certainly did get misconstrued by the media and got taken, it took away from the message he was trying to put out there. And in that sense, I really empathize with Kyrie Irving because he's trying to talk about the good that he's doing. And you know what? He does a lot of really good stuff. And I wish we heard about that more than we heard about, I'm just not going to talk to the media. 
And, you know, it's definitely a balance. And I, I feel for a lot of the players that are trying to, you know, find their way through this process as well. So I think it's just, it takes a lot of time and it also takes finding your method of really communicating and of crafting the message. And again, I would say players take note of what LeBron James has done because he's figured it out. And I have an immense amount of respect for him having done that. Absolutely. Like in, in, in an age of where uh, players are exhibiting some, you know, childish and uh, I would say immature behavior, LeBron is uh, looking like the, the beacon of maturity when it, come, when it comes to dealing with the media and deal, dealing with the other entities that make the NBA what it is. I think he's very cognizant of the fact that uh, the relationship between the media and the NBA is important, just like the relationship between the NBA and the NBA Players Association is also is also important. And he's been a, a leader in that aspect. And uh, uh, obviously, he has uh, he has a media company, Uninterrupted. And he, he's very cognizant of the platform that he holds and the platform that the NBA affords to him. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree with you 100% there. And, yeah, with, with, with that, we're, we're going to end this podcast, guys. So, yeah, just a little bit of content uh, before we, we start the NBA season. Uh, next week, we plan to have our NBA season preview. That is the weekend before the NBA season starts. A lot of uh, neat things to talk about, uh, final standings. Uh, our preseason uh, awards picks. Uh, it's, it's some some things to look forward to for next week. And yeah, we can't wait for the season to start, guys. Uh, it's you know it's been a quick turnaround from from the bubbles perspective, but uh, we wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And um, um, December twenty second is the first day of the season. Obviously, Christmas Day has always been a big day for the NBA. And uh, as the NBA tries to roll out the seventy two regular season game regular season. With uh, with the, with the coronavirus uh, still uh, still very much there in in the rearview mirror, but hopefully going away, uh, or um, trying we're trying to fend it off with you know the vaccine and social distancing and uh, and just being um, being cognizant of that as a as a league. I think the NBA took the lead with it with the NBA bubble, and they are trying to do everything possible to you know. Stay coronavirus free um, and, until uh, they get a hold of the vaccine. So should be should be a fun season. And Vikram, I cannot wait to spend it uh, with you. Absolutely, man. Everybody, stay safe out there. Uh, follow all the restrictions, and you know we finally see a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the positive vaccine news we've seen uh, over the past couple of weeks and the authorization for the Pfizer vaccine, as Guru talked about yesterday. So I think we we really have a lot of things that are coming up kind of rosy and you know i hope that everybody is able to stay safe and we will see everybody on the other side of this and we are really happy to have nba and have an opportunity to share our thoughts with all of you absolutely so looking forward to the start of the regular season for bikram i'm guru talk to you guys soon